Hey guys, it's Liz Kelly, here to tell you that we have a brand new podcast called Halloween Unmasked, premiering Monday, October 1st. Here's a sneak peek. There's trouble in the suburbs. A teenage girl named Lori Strode crosses a quiet street toward an ordinary house to find her friends. But Lori doesn't know that her friends are dead, and she doesn't know that she's walking right toward the masked killer, Michael Myers. The movie is Halloween. And Halloween just, it was like a, it was a breath of fresh, putrid air. He's a pure, unknowable evil. I'm film critic Amy Nicholson, and this is Halloween Unmasked, a podcast series from The Ringer celebrating the remarkable and terrifying rise of America's most revolutionary horror film. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to Halloween Unmasked and watch your back. I, I think the scariest part was that he doesn't die at the end. So when you're 10, it's like, that guy's still out there. <laughs> we, we gotta get him. <laughs> Yes, yes, my friends, we have done it. We are back. Welcome to another edition of House of Carbs. That is the food podcast for the hungry people, by the hungry people, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your hungry host, Joe House. My friends, thank you so much for joining me today. A special episode with a beloved friend of mine, Brian Montgomery, the proprietor and owner of the venerable Arlington, Virginia institution, Tortoise and Hare, who moved a year ago down to St. Croix, and just by happenstance and bad luck, he arrived in time for Hurricane Maria. Brian moved down there to start a new restaurant in St. Croix in Frederickstead. I had him on today to talk about the experience of surviving Hurricane Maria and what the island's recovery has been like and how the experience of getting not one but two restaurants up and running has gone. This is a great conversation with my pal Brian Montgomery, Louis and Nacho Bar in Frederickstead. You got to get to it. Uh, Of course, we have food news with Juliet. Uh, Axes are being thrown. I'll leave it at that. Let's get in that belly with my good pal Brian Montgomery. All right, my taste buds, an outstanding guest today. I'm very pleased. Over the years, you have heard me and the podfather himself, Bill Simmons, sing the praises of the Tortoise and Hare Bar and Grill, a beloved institution in Arlington, Virginia. Had a glorious 10-year run with many celebrity sightings. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Jamie Kennedy, Many Washington Nationals, including Ryan Zimmerman, the cast and crew of Super Troopers came through for a late night bite or 10 and beer or 50. And of course, many, many delicious cheeseburger Macs eaten at the Tortoise and Hare. You've heard me talk about it and glorify it. It deserved it. It's a run that came to a close because today's guest wanted the experience, the challenge of opening a place in an almost foreign land. And to be honest, my man wanted to live in the Caribbean. Coming to you live, my friends, 
from Louie and Nacho's Beach Bar in Frederickstead, St. Croix. Brian Montgomery, welcome to House of Arms. Thank you. What's up? How you doing, my man? As we sit down here now, good afternoon. That is the <laughs> way to address people. Good afternoon? It's like, I mean, uh, uh, not even anything with a little bit of Caribbean flavor? No, no hello. No highs, no goodbyes. It's good morning, good afternoon, good night. So it sounds very formal to me. It takes a, it takes a minute to get used to, for sure. Is it, it sounds like they're they're a little bit formal. Is it? Is it? Are people down there in bow ties? I wish, but they're not. <laughs> well, it, I, right I, in, I, I, it's more of a beach bum vibe, and I want to talk about that um, with you uh, a little bit. But look, I've I've been wanting to have you on. Uh, for a while now, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of your move down to St. Croix, and you, there's a pretty, uh, um, you know, interesting story about your arrival and what you encountered right when you arrived with the idea of getting Louie and Nachos up off the ground. Um, why don't we start with with that? I mean, I'm interested in how St. Croix matched up with what you expected, but something very unexpected happened right when you arrived. So. Talk a little bit about that that experience you had. Yeah, we moved down here basically September 1st. And a week later, Hurricane Irma came through. And it, you know, just missed St. Croix. It did some damage, but it really hammered St. Thomas and St. John. And, like, virtually destroyed them along with other Caribbean islands. And, you know, people on St. Croix were immediately, like, helping those other sister islands. Sending over supplies and you know, going over and, and, and trying to help rebuild immediately. Well, three weeks later, Hurricane Maria came and was direct hit to St. Croix. Uh, and so it really changed people's, you know, kind of lives forever. Um, and it was a big change for us because we came down with, you know, big eyes and, you know, pie in the sky dreams of getting this, this beach bar up and running quickly and, and kind of living the Caribbean life. And, you know, it was more like camping uh, in the woods with no power, no water, you know, lots of mosquitoes for several months. So it was definitely not what we were thinking it would be when we first got here. Right. And how long, you know, from your expectation as to when you were going to be able to get um, Louis Nachos up and running in the original planning and, you know, how long it actually took, what was that delay? It was about two months, uh, two and a half months, which, you know, ultimately doesn't sound like it's, it's crazy um, amount of time. To, but, you know, just keep in mind that the entire time, you know, we didn't get power back until the week before Christmas. And the storm hit September 20th, 20th 19th. Uh, so, you know, it made it feel like it was years almost. It just yeah. dragged out because every day you're on curfew. Um, and you just couldn't get stuff done. You couldn't get things accomplished. You know, Home Depot, the one Home Depot on the island was barren, um, for months. Uh, so it was a struggle. But two, two months under those circumstances is an incredible achievement. And that's, um, part of what I wanted to talk with you about today. Uh, and also just the overall sort of recovery of St. Croix. Um, once you guys got got open, did you find that the people that were coming in 
were mo- mainly Islanders, or were there um, some folks coming down uh, also to help you know get get the place up and 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 stood back up again? Well, it, it was uh, a mix of both. You know, you know, tortoise. Tortoise is very much like a neighborhood spot where you you know people always like to call it their cheers and very comfortable and inviting. And so we really focused on building that same vibe down here, just with a much better view. Uh, and so we, we went after the, the folks that lived here or from here um, to be our kind of base clientele. But, you know, less than a quarter mile down the beach is the cruise ship here. And there was a cruise ship parked here for months, housing linemen that were here to get the power back up. So a lot of our clientele at that point came from the linemen coming in uh, because, you know, there were very few places open on the west side where we're at in Fredericksted. I mean, we're one of three places. Uh, so yeah. there was really not a lot of options. And so, you know, we just try to get open as fast as we could so that we could give everybody an option. And with, with that um, demographic, those linemen, those, those uh, electricians and engineers, those people, those guys climbing up poles to string wire, coming from really all over the United States, right? Yep. These guys made a real impact in a way um, that, you know, not only were they here working seven days a week, you know, from they're up and out of that cruise ship at 5 a.m., they would get back at it at 7 p.m. Uh, every day, holidays included. Um, not only did they get, you know, power back on, but they're, they've now become part of the community, a lot of them, in that they're buying property. They're bringing their families down on vacation. And so it's made for, you know, increased visibility uh, for this island in a way that I don't think it expected. So for, for you and the experience of opening up Louis and Nachos with a kind of built-in um, audience right there at the, at the cruise ship, all those guys, you know, who put their lives on hold to come get St. Croix stood back up. Did you find yourself having to build a menu to cater to their tastes? You know, not really. We we came down with a plan um, where, you know, I looked around and, and what people were doing, what people weren't doing. And we decided we're going to do kind of this fun, almost food truck style taco menu. Um, you know, like we do a chicken parm taco and a jambalaya taco and just different you know, not, we're not doing Mexican stuff per se, uh, fun stuff. And so that kind of fit in with the linemen that were down here, all the FEMA workers coming in because it was recognizable from the state, but it wasn't, you know, just your normal cheeseburger on the menu. Right. Right. So, and it sounds like you got a lot of bases covered, you know, that is part of the beauty, the versatility of, of the taco, uh, lends itself to to any kind of creative filling you can come up with. So you had your sort of southeast quadrant covered with the jambalaya. You have your new, new mid Atlantic up the the uh, corridor covered with the chicken parm taco, and then of course you know any of your sort of traditional taco stuff, folks that are down there from Texas or, or the or the West, right? Right, exactly. And, so you, you know, that was the key. It was like being able to appeal to everybody, but without the same boring stuff. Right. For sure. So um, what was the time period uh, before you started seeing some tourists, the uh, tourists come back around? You know, honestly, it, it was 
pretty much once power came back on, then you started seeing the tourists coming back because a lot of the hotels were running off generator power and weren't able to have all their rooms open. <clears throat> but now, you know, once power came back, uh, you know, there's the hotels are back open and, and there's rooms available and people are coming down and Airbnbs are, are popping up all over the place. And so it was probably, you know, carnival down here, it starts the day after Christmas. And that's about when we started seeing tourism coming back again. And that, that, that's a huge tradition for St. Croix. It really is a destination for folks from the States or, or, you know, internationally who want uh, a warm weather climate over the Christmas to New Year's holiday. Uh, Carnival at, at, at St. Croix has been going on for, you know, I'm, I'm going to mess up the history of it, but a hundred years at least, if, if not longer, right? Oh yeah. It's a, definitely a cultural thing for the cruisers down here uh, yeah. along with the, you know, the Caribbean in general. So it was uh, fortuitous that the infrastructure was, was, you know, the early stages of getting the infrastructure um, put back up coincided with, you know, that, that sort of natural attraction point for folks uh, wanting to come down and enjoy, you know, their, their holiday there. Um, How has the recovery been kind of since then? We're now 10 months into the year. Um, How's the recovery been going? It's been good. You know, it, you know, a lot of people you talk to, uh, as, as much as Maria was, you know, life-changing and, you know, houses destroyed and lives, you know, really turned upside down. It's, it's almost been a blessing in disguise in a way for, you know, progress and some development and fixing things that needed to be fixed, like the infrastructure. Um, you know, it's, it, it almost gave the island a haircut. You know, it was overgrown a little bit and then came through and all of a sudden you were seeing views that you'd never seen before. And it, it, the beauty of the island really came out after the hurricane. Uh, uh, and you really saw the people band together. And that was such a cool thing to see and be a part of. Word for you from our friends at SeatGeek. As you know, buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a simpler way to buy and that is with the Seat Geek. Seat Geek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you are catching your favorite musician on tour, shopping for the perfect gift, looking for a last-minute deal to see your favorite team, it is Stanley Cup banner raising tonight. This is a Wednesday, October the third. The, the the Cup banner is going up down at the Capital One Arena here in Washington D.C. If you weren't able to get tickets, I hope you went on SeatGeek and pulled them off. They have the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. SeatGeek would have hooked you up. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year. SeatGeek gets you closer to the action for a great value. Designed to make ticket buying experience easier than ever. You're looking at multiple ticket sites all at once to compare prices and find amazing deals. That's what SeatGeek does for you. To get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek is grading every ticket based on value so you can identify immediately those best seats that fit your budget. Every purchase fully guaranteed. So you're shopping for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, House of Carbs listeners are getting $20 off their very first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code CARBS today. C-A-R-B-S. Promo code for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, 
the right seat right now, right from your phone. In terms of, you know, getting a, a restaurant and bar up and running in those circumstances, what were like, you know, how did you get food on the island? How did you, you know, what was the sort of uh, supply chain like um, in terms of just getting the basics in order? Yeah, you know, there's only a few real distributors down here, uh, and that's who you use. Um, and so there's times where, you know, they may not get there. The cargo ship may not come for a couple extra days because it's diverted because of a storm or for whatever reason. Um, and so you've got to make do with what they either have on hand or you run out to a grocery store or, you know, there's several farms on island that you can run out and get, you know, fresh produce. And, and so you kind of just have to be flexible and make do. But for the most part, you, you know, we use the main distributors. They were really good. I mean, I think it was two days after we were finally able to get out of the house because it took multiple days to be able to, you know, cut your way through all the down debris and where they were even letting people leave uh, their home that we uh, pulled into an area where there was a little restaurant two doors down uh, from where we were at. And we saw our distributor pulling up with their van to do a delivery. And we were all like, holy cow, you know, it was less than five days after the hurricane and they're already back out making food delivery. So that was pretty impressive. So, you know, it's, it's similar to the States in a way that you're able to go through a larger distributor and get, you know, a lot of the same stuff that you can get in the States. The difference is if a ship doesn't swing by that week, you're going to be out of some stuff. But you, you're 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 making do. Let's talk a little bit about the success that you've enjoyed in these early stages. Louis and Nachos is situated adjacent to a boutique hotel called the Fred, right? Yes. And 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 yes. the Fred just just was recognized for something. Yeah, they just got voted best new boutique hotel in the Caribbean by Caribbean Journal. Pretty impressive so, because these guys have uh, come down out of DC as well. Um, about three years ago, they started this project. They had their share of delays. You know, they got obviously hit with the hurricanes as well. And their property is going to be one of the most impressive properties in the Caribbean once it's all said and done. Well, I, you, you uh, guys are starting from a great um, sort of vantage point. And I mean that literally. The reviews, when you go online and look at the reviews of Louis Nachos and look at reviews of the Fred, the universal theme is the the, the, the views, literally the views sitting there and especially at, at, at sunset, right? Oh, man, it is beautiful. We are, Louis Nachos is up on the second floor, so we sit up and look out over the water and we have a whole, you know, 180 degree view. Um and of the water and and Sandy Point. Sandy Point, here's a fun fact for you, is where they filmed the end to Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, right. It wasn't Zewat Neho where I had no. my my honeymoon. I thought I was on the same beach as uh oh, I'm gonna get the names wrong. Uh I I, I Red and Andy. <laughs> Of course, of course, Red and Andy. Yeah. How could I forget? I'm thinking about chicken parm tacos. I'm sorry. There you uh, go. Red, yeah, I thought I was on the same stand. No, it was right there at your at, at where you have landed. Um, that, that right. beautiful reconnection story. Well, you know, in some respects, 
And we're going to get to um, some of your experiences, your new experiences at um, Louis and Nachos. But, you know, this, the, 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 uh, the living happily ever after, part of the message that we wanted to be sure that we conveyed today is that St. Croix is indeed back open for business, right? Oh, for sure. And, you know, we were back open for business, you know, quite a while ago. But every day that goes by, you just see more and more being done to, you know, like I said, to the infrastructure, to new hotels uh, coming open like next door, new restaurants opening. We just opened uh, another restaurant ourselves here in our same little complex, uh, barbecue spot. And so, you know, it's coming back better than it was before, um, or at least from, you know, our point of view. Yeah. So let's talk about this barbecue spot. Where did the idea come from and, and what kind of barbecue is it? Well, you know, Frederick said again, ha- is lacking options in dining. And so I looked around and said, well, what doesn't it have? And it doesn't have barbecue uh, on this side. And so, you know, we're doing smoked meat uh, on the smoker. Um, you know, we don't have a super extensive menu because it's barbecue, you know, and you want your barbecue to be good uh, and not overdo it. But we're also doing some fun things. Like you would love this one. Today we're doing a smoked bacon wrapped meatloaf with country oh gravy as a special. Oh, right? Come I know. On. Come Killer. on. Um, you murdered me. It's almost dinner time. <laughs> right. And we're going to be doing smoked fried chicken, you know, as a special, you know, beyond our normal stuff of ribs and brisket and pulled pork, you know, the normal barbecue staples. Uh, and we're just doing more of a fast casual thing. Uh, we'll have some outdoor seating. Um, we're still waiting on our permits to finish building that, but, uh, you know, it's, it's mainly kind of like most barbecue places as well. You come in, you get your barbecue thrown on a tray and you go sit on a picnic table. Um, but the good thing for us is you can look at the ocean. Yeah. yeah the, you look at the beautiful ocean and you can have barbecue at, at a, a glorious sunset. Here's we're, we're missing the, the lead though. What's the name? The name is smoke STX and we're doing it. Smoke STX barbecue and bottle shop. So we're also retailing bottles of wine, craft uh, beer, um, yeah. liquor, because again, instead of having to drive all the way out to the supermarket, we're trying to make it easy for folks to, you know, if they're next door at the hotel, they can just zip over and grab a bottle of wine and go back to the hotel. That so sounds pretty good. We're trying to for, hit a lot of different angles. Yeah. So what, one of the, speaking of hitting a lot of different angles, one of the things I know that you have experienced that's new and different from your uh, um, role at Tortoise, where you were really, you know, running the, the, the entire shop, uh, including the catering business, here at Louis and Nachos, uh, and, and and again at, at your barbecue place, you are having the opportunity to get into the kitchen a little bit, right? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, at Tortoise, I never stepped foot on the line and worked any line shifts. Uh, and, you know, not necessarily by choice, but, you know, it, w- it wasn't necessary. We had great guys back there. Um, but, you know, down here right now, since the hurricane, a lot of folks have moved off island. So there's a real shortage in, in restaurant personnel. So I've had to jump in the back and, and jump on the line and cook. And, and it's been a real cool experience for me because I've never done it before. And it's definitely given me, you know, that I think that edge to really know how everything works. Where before,
before, I just kind of took for granted that these guys are going to be back there and they're going to make good food and I don't have to worry about it. You know, now I'm back there and I've got to be the one to make it. So, you know, it's, it's a stressful challenge, but, you know, you really come to appreciate uh, the talent level that it takes to be able to put out a good dish. Yeah. So what's the number one hardest thing or, or that you've been sort of surprised uh, about now that you're in, back there in the kitchen? Well, you know, it's always the timing of tickets and getting yeah. all the uh, food out at the same time um, or, you know, so that the temperatures come out right and that your table's walking out together um, with all their dishes. You know, the, what you don't want is to put the, the taco that you can make within a minute up under the window, but you've got a burger cooking on the grill that's going to take 15 minutes. Um, so it's really getting your timing right. Uh, beyond that, you know, honestly, I think it's the prep aspect, making sure that all your food is prepped up right, uh, and seasoned correctly before it even goes into the, the oven or on the grill. Um, you know, a lot of it's not the actual cooking of it that makes it taste delicious. It's the prep work, uh, before it even gets onto the grill or in the oven. Yeah, that, that's a universal truth that we have heard from all kinds of walks of life here on House of Carbs. Chefs, restaurateurs, you know, uh, um, food critics all come on and talk about how crucial that preparation element is to the success of, of uh, you know, a, a well-presented dish or just well-presented food item. Um, what, what would you say is your specialty so far? Goodbye. Yeah, you know, I I th- I feel like the the best selling item right now has been our chicken wings because I, I really you know Tortoise had some good wings, but I up sure, the game a little had bit. Great wings, the jerk wings. I know, at Tortoise right? Was the Joe House favorite. Yep. So, but I've changed the recipe for the buffalo sauce to be even more straight up, like upstate New York, where I'm from uh, originally. Right. And they're pretty banging. Um, But beyond that, you know, honestly, it's the jambalaya taco. People love that thing. And it tastes great. Uh, It wasn't what I thought would be like the favorite, but it definitely hands down has been. All right. Let's go through the ingredients in the jambalaya taco. Like, what are we talking about? A crispy shell or a soft shell? Soft shell. We typically do soft shells for everything unless someone, you know, wants a corn tortilla uh, or if they're gluten-free or need gluten-free. Uh, but we're just doing your, your normal flour, soft tortilla. Uh, and it's a very simple taco. You know, it's shrimp, it's your chicken, and it's andouille sausage. You know, seasoned right. Uh, throwing on a taco shell with cheese, a little coleslaw, or not coleslaw, but cabbage. And then yeah, we put yeah. a, a good remoulade on there. And oh. that remoulade really kind of cools down a little bit of the Cajun spice. So it works. Yeah, I, I I love it. I'm I'm dying. I you you have me with the smoked meatloaf. You got my attention with the bacon wrap smoked you, meatloaf, right? and now I'm stuck on the jambalaya taco. Where where can folks go on? I know you're on the Instagram. What what's the Instagram that people can go and check out some of these dishes? Sure, uh, Louis Nachos is under at Louis Nachos, both on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, smoke SDX is at Smoke SDX. Um, dot com. Oh, that's already, and, that's already up know, and running. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah, we opened uh, September first. All right, outstanding. Yeah, so I have to get yeah, on yeah. there. We encourage now, all we, the we, hungry we homies it. to get on there. Exactly, but we did. We opened smoke. It hasn't 
officially grand open. I yeah. mean, we're open, open, don't get me wrong. But, you know, we've been working through uh, adding different items to the menu before we get to our final menu. Uh, because, you know, with smoking stuff, you got to get it right. you got to get your smoke times right and your temperatures right. So it's been a little bit of an experiment over these first this first month to make sure, all right, this worked, this didn't work. Because we want to really nail it. And so uh, but we're going to be doing our grand opening here uh, in probably two to three weeks as, you know, official. So yeah, well, we are open for business. Yeah, you, you, I, I love the timing of it. It, it gets you right in, in line for holiday season. Anybody out there, any of our culinary comrades, if you have not yet figured out that, that uh, you know, post-Christmas through New Year time frame, it tell, tell folks how easy it is to get to St. Croix, Monty. Oh, man. You, you, really, you just fly through Miami or San Juan, and it's a little jump from there. So how, whatever way it takes you, to get direct to Miami or San Juan, it's just a little flight over from that. So it's pretty simple. All the major airlines come here. Uh, well, as far as yeah. getting you to Miami, they will. But then, you know, you have JetBlue and American and Delta and Spirit that all fly over to here, uh, plus a few smaller airlines. Uh, so it, it's not difficult at all. And they're adding more flights every week almost. Uh, they're working on getting direct flights out of New York. So, you know, we're all looking forward to that as well. Yeah, of course. And 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 uh, the big selling point I asked you when we were talking uh, in, in advance, you know, how you're doing, you said uh, it's 84 every day. So I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a big difference from, you know, walking into your restaurant and you're setting up the bar and you look out the window and you see, uh, you know, a dry cleaner and a nail salon and, and two, you know, head shops. Versus looking out and seeing water, you know, the Caribbean yeah. Sea and crystal clear water for as far as you can see, you know, it's, Absolutely. it makes for a different mindset. Uh, uh, hungry homies, culinary comrades, taste buds, St. Croix is open for business. Get yourself to Frederickstead, Louis and Nachos, uh, Beach Bar and Smoke STX. Now, uh, that's a, a late breaking news. The Fred is where you can stay. St. Croix is open for business. Brian Montgomery, thank you so much for coming on today, my dude. Joe House, good to talk to you. Always, always. All right, take care, bud. Hungry homies, a quick word from our friends at Jules Sous Vide. You can host the most delicious dinner party ever with the Jules Sous Vide because with Jules, it's easy to make incredible steak, chicken, pork, veggies, even desserts. There is zero guesswork, so food is never under or overcooked. It is perfectly cooked, which lets you host amazing parties without stress because cooking with Jules is hands-free. You step away from the kitchen, you go hang out with your guests, you relax, you focus on your party, you have a sip, you have two sips, you have three sips. And if guests are running late, no worries. The Jewel is heating the food to the exact right temperature and then holding it there. So it's ready to eat whenever you are. I'm ready now, but my guests are not. Perfectly cooked carrots, mini jars of pumpkin pie, the best Thanksgiving turkey you've ever had are a snap. Seriously, all those items ready when you are, ready when your guests are. If you're looking for inspiration, jump into the Jewel app and check out 100 plus step-by-step recipes you will be making 
restaurant quality food at home with the Jewel sous vide. My friends, I have really perfected the beautiful salmon. I like it uh, uh, center rare. I like it. I like to to get the flavor of my North Pacific salmon with uh, you know that authentic rare center, a little cooked on the outside. That's the way I like it. To get yours, you can visit chefsteps.com slash jewel and use code CARBS to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E code CARBS for $15 off. Jewel Perfect food every time. Also, a nice word from our good friends at Lay Crusade. When we have chefs on, we're talking about sourcing the best quality ingredients and knowing the chef suppliers. But homies, using the right cookware and tools is just as important. Lay Crusade was the first to pioneer colorful enameled cookware over 90 years ago. With a history and experience, they produce the finest quality and design. They've been a favorite for generations through the meals and memories that their beautiful cookware creates, the style it expresses. They were the first to introduce color to the kitchen. They are the first, they're pioneers in the enameled cast iron. Superior heat retention of that cast iron paired with unparalleled performance and ease of enamel, all cast, cast iron. Still made in France since 1925. France, the site of the Ryder Cup. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, good for the Euros, not as good for the U.S. But there's a beautiful original French foundry where Le Creuset has been making the, its, its, its uh, exceptional cast iron. Each piece of cast iron touched by 15 pairs of craftsmen's hands, bold colors, and timeless designs, allowing for an expression of personal style. I am very excited. The temperature is starting to change a wee bit here on the East Coast, and, and the, the onset of fall is upon us. Perfect time for the Dutch oven. I have a glorious chicken curry recipe I may or may not share with all you taste buds out there, but the Le Creuset Dutch oven was made for this. I go for the five-and-a-half-quart Le Creuset Dutch oven. It needs to be big for my appetite. It's a beautiful piece, a nice red one. But you can also check out this new color from Lake Crusade launched in September. Indigo, the truest blue, a deep hue of Lake Crusade's indigo, universally authentic, a timeless true blue. My friends, you can get free shipping right now at lecrusade.com slash carbs with promo code carbs. Get yourself one of these giant, beautiful Dutch ovens, lecrusade.com slash carbs. They'll send it to you for free. All right, hungry homies. It is now time for food news. Yo, Juliet. Hello. What's happening? Oh, you know, just I'm ready with some food news for you. You're all the way back. You're all the way uh, on the California vibe. You got all that Fran- France and London out of your system. Eh, still still daydreaming, to be honest. Yeah, I understand. I understand. You know, we're not doing a story today about uh, Meghan Markle's uh, disaffection for the Poland um, <laughs> seltzer water. Did you see that story, though? No, I didn't. It made me think of you. We're, we're, we'll say that for a future food news. She expressed uh, they, they're bringing out some some. 
flavors and they tried to direct something at her and she she was having none of it she has a different brand she she likes to drink interesting she also just released like a, a community cookbook so oh. she's she's like in the food space maybe we can <laughs> land land her one day yeah do we know anybody how do we get at markle i don't know i'll ask my northwestern university alumni uh network i love to mention well, as much as possible that we went to the same college <laughs> <laughs> why don't we just um put it out to the hungry home is anybody with a connection to megan markle we'd love to have her on <laughs> house of carbs i mean, I I mean among like among other ways i'd like to spend time with her like anything she wants to do if it, if it could be food news house of carbs that'd be fantastic <laughs> <laughs> right come on come on megan you're welcome <laughs> Well, speaking of, let, let, we have some stories, I think. We week. do. This one, this first one is wacky. It comes to us from the great state of Michigan and the Detroit News, and it reads as follows. A gaming venue's liquor license was pulled for a day after the Michigan Liquor Control Commission questioned the safety of alcohol-consuming patrons participating and wait for it, axe-throwing. At a commission hearing last month, members ordered a one-day suspension on the liquor license at Hub Stadium, which is in Auburn Hills, Michigan. The one-day suspension occurred on September 10th to allow the Hub Stadium to enact some policy changes. <laughs> the 30,000-square-foot 30, venue has 13 football bowling lanes, five axe throwing lanes, and event spaces for up to 700 people. The venue allows customers to throw axes at targets in enclosed lanes of up to 10 people, which pose a concern to the Liquor Commission, which launched a safety investigation on June 21st. Uh, <laughs> House, this is incredible. Would you feel comfortable in this bar? Well, I, the answer is yes, uh, unequivocally and undoubtedly. Now, you, it says the, the thing, the, 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 the concern here was you know, uh, keeping the axes in a confined space, which is a reasonable concern. But the idea of drinking an axe throwing, I promise all the taste buds out there that this story was not a plant. It so happens, Juliet, I have not yet told you this story. I am getting on an airplane this Friday to fly to Northern California and go from San Francisco down to a little town called Pescadero. I've right heard on, of it. A little south of, of Half Moon where a friend of mine has like really a, a bungalow among the redwoods and I'm getting together with five pals of mine. This is the 20th anniversary of this all day competition. We've been, I grew up in, in as has been well established here in the DC area. These are neighborhood guys. We all belong to the same community pool for 20 years. Once a year, we would get together and we sort of compete at things, uh, mainly from like our, our growing up childhood. We play three-on-three basketball. We play shuffleboard. We play disc golf. In the early stages when we were all capable young men, strapping young men, uh, we, we'd have like 12 or 13 or 14 different events and scores were kept. And at the end of the all-sports competition, a winner would be announced. As you can imagine, as time has gone on, far fewer events uh, far less uh, strenuous, <laughs> but I will tell you, somebody came up with the idea because of the redwoods. And I'm, we're not going to throw any axes into a beautiful redwood, but this axe throwing surface. There's only like five events that we're going to do um, in this year, our 20th year anniversary in Pescadero. There is going to be axe throwing and beer drinking, Juliet. Oh my God, uh, be safe. Going down. <laughs> well, we don't have lanes, but we have the great 
outdoors uh, for, for bouncing axes. And, you know, there's not going to be any other people around. So I'm not worried about hitting inadvertently any patrons. I don't think any of the deer are going to come around. Um, What's like your best event? Like what is the best axe related event for you? Or like well, how, how many different ways can one throw an axe? I have no idea. I've, I've never thrown an axe, but it just made too much sense to, <laughs> to incorporate it in here. I have received a pointer. I have a friend who says you want to use the, your non-throwing arm to point at the target and turn your body with almost your back to it. Now, if any hungry homies out there have axe-throwing experience and this is not the technique, please let me know. You point at it, you turn your back so that you have your hips, and then you come all the way through. You fire through with the axe in the direction, same direction as where you were just pointing with your non-throwing hand. That, that's all I know. Wow. I can't wait to hear about it. Can you have someone take some video? There'll be video. There'll be pictures. Um, it might be if, if nobody hits any of the targets, which is a genuine possibility, um, it might just be pictures of of Schlitz cans. But, you know, that yeah, the hungry homies will understand. Oh, my God. Well, I can't wait to hear all about it. Please report back. I promise. Um, next story, House. This is this means a lot to us here at The Ringer. Game of Thrones gets its own White Walker Scotch whiskey, a line of single malts. Whiskey is coming. Fans of Game of Thrones may have to wait until 2019 to see the final season of the wildly popular show. But in the meantime, they can drown their sorrows on some scotch whiskeys. The limited edition lineup is inspired by the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros, where the saga takes place and the prominent families in the TV series. Our friends at Diageo have a special... uh, Totally unplanned. These are our people. (laughs) These are our people. They have a special Johnny Walker blended scotch whiskey called the White Walker by Johnny Walker and a collection of single malt scotches coming in November. The White Walker, a blend from two single malt scotches from Cardew and Kleinelish distilleries in Northern Scotland is meant to be served cold. When put in a freezer, the iconic 750 millimeter bottles, white and blue thermochronic ink will glow, a nod to the phosphorescent radiance emitted by the eyes of the show's villainous white walkers this i think is this very, is i think this is awesome genius idea diageo super thoughtful i mean it's one thing to be uh you know on point with the 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 vintage the origin cardu and you know they're in northern scotland uh they they have uh the the forethought to say we want if it's going to be winter themed we want it to be served cold but this this idea of of a glowing bottle and, and, you know, shout out to Johnny Walker. This is the second Johnny Walker mentioned in, in three weeks. Mark Leibovich came on a handful of weeks ago and talked about being drunk under the table by Jerry Jones. And they were drinking Johnny Walker blue. Uh, I, I'd like to try this Johnny Walker white Walker and, and, and just see where the spirit takes us. Is it normal to put your whiskey in the freezer? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. I'm not really a whiskey drinker. I know you can have it on ice, but you don't usually put the bottle in there. That's just a place no. for vodka. I mean, I open the freezer often. The only thing I see in there is vodka. Yeah, mo- most folks enjoy their uh, whiskey, their scotch, you know, at, at kind of what I'd characterize as room temperature. Some people like it with, a, a you know, on, on a single ice cube or two ice cubes, depending on the size. But a lot of folks take it neat, and that's you know just a couple fingers um, at, at basically room temperature is my understanding. That's the way that I've grown accustomed to drinking it, and and 
you know, if you want to let it linger and have it over uh, an ice cube and, you know, sort of have it watered down a little bit, if that's where your palate is in the moment, that's totally acceptable. But, you know, freezing cold like this is a whole different kind of deal. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in how the flavor profile comes out once it, once it cools off a little bit. Well, we can do a taste test, can't we? That seems... <laughs> I mean, we, we are friends with, with the good people at Diageo. It feels like we ought to be able to make a phone call. Yeah, seriously. Speaking of, I mean, how do we get, there should be a house of carbs angle on this. I mean, maybe this taste test should be live. We should talk about it, you know, while we're doing it. Yeah, I would love that. (laughs) Um, Okay, one more for you. Hit me. I'm back from France. My heart is still there. And therefore, one final story for you. And this is like literally a wild one. A a horse ran into a bar and no. That's not the beginning of a joke, says CBS News. <laughs> Seems like it is. A young racehorse in France managed to escape her handler last month and go on a little joyride to a nearby watering hole. The Phillies trainer, Jean-Marie Big Bigwinum, I'm going to go with that, told newspaper West France that he let he lost control of the animal as he led her from a stable to a race course in Chantilly, France, about 30 miles of Paris. I sound like an asshole saying like that. Uh, <laughs> he said the young horse has a fondness for running off. Instead of choosing an open field, the horse headed into the nearest sports betting bar and terrified all of the patrons inside it. If you watch this video, and we'll put the link in, in the notes of this podcast, this episode, the horse just runs straight through the bar, like unimpeded. And it's like a really wild video. And it just happens so quickly. It doesn't even look real. The patrons, they're stunned. They look like they're ready to run out of there, right? Yeah. They're like so confused. They have no idea what's happening. This one guy like jumps out of the way. It's actually a miracle no one got hurt because the horse is just charging ahead. So here's my question for you. Say this happened in like uh, Birmingham, uh, Michigan. Sure. What's the reaction? I think people, it like goes viral immediately and people like absolutely flip out. Like there's some kind of like crisis. These people just kind of seem to have like gone on their merry way after being terrified. Like the French have a ah, surprise moment and then they keep on, they turn right back uh, to the maniac. Yeah, basically. Okay, I, I guess that's not surprising. It is the French way. Yeah, they, they take it in stride. Keep on keeping on. Back to the wine and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that's it so i'm ha- happy for the people of france happy for you and your axe throwing and can't wait to try this white walker whiskey yeah we we, we have covered some territory in this week's food <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks juliet always bye house all right talk to you all right my hungry homies my taste buds my culinary comrades thank you for coming along that really interesting journey that Brian Montgomery took us on today down in St. Croix. I can't encourage you enough. If you don't have plans over these holidays coming up, you want a, a quick getaway somewhere warm and beautiful. St. Croix is back open for business. Going to Louis Nacho uh, Beach Bar, Louis and Nacho's Beach Bar, and look for Monty. Tell him how I sent you. That would be much appreciated. My friends, I'm still waiting for a poo-poo platter here in the DMV. Please hit us at the House of Carbs on the Instagram. Show me a picture of a poo-poo platter here in DMV. The first picture I see of a poo-poo platter here in the DMV is getting a House of Carbs t-shirt. They're available on therigger.com. But I will send you one with a personal note if you can send me a picture of a poo-poo platter. 
Do it for me. I'm hungry for the poo-poo platter. My friends, we shall be back next week. I love the guests. We have a series of incredible guests coming up. We always have great guests, but this next runway, all the way through Christmas, you're going to be happy and hungry. I promise it. My friends, let's stay hungry out there. 